Hey, welcome once again to Thrive. It's wonderful to have you along here with us this morning. If you're watching online, uh, we, we really hope that you're not just watching, but you're actually experiencing what it means to be in the Father's house with us this morning. And today is, of course, Pentecost Sunday. I'm actually going to do a two-week series on faith, uh, and so this is really week week one of that. And uh, we're celebrating Pentecost Sunday, and this is essentially the day we celebrate that the church was born. The church was born on Pentecost Sunday without the breath and the wind and the fire and the presence of the Holy Spirit. There wasn't a church. <laughs> but when Pentecost happened, when the fullness you know, of the Trinity was realized in the church, the church became the church. <laughs> it was random before that. You know, there were people and there was a temple and, and that was good. And then the people became the temple <laughs> of the Holy Spirit. You're sitting next to someone who's a temple of the Holy Ghost right now. They're a powerful weapon in the kingdom, in the hands of the King. You are full. If you've been baptized in the presence of God, you are in His presence. His presence is in you. And it is, a, it is to be continually filled, actually, with His presence. So I just want to open up uh, this scripture from John 3.8. And this is about the Spirit. Jesus said this, The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. I want to tell you, if you don't know if you're coming or going this morning, you're in a good place. <laughs> if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, full of the Spirit of God, and you're like, which way, God? That's okay, as long as you're in sync with where He's blowing. I guess we're in a, a good place. And the, but the Spirit of God, you know, like a wind that blows and creates movement and expansion and direction shifts. And, and that's what the Holy Spirit does within His people. You know, we're not to be a, just a comfortable people, we're to be, you know, this word agile happened big and, and uh, over lockdown and, and, and pivoting and businesses were pivoting and we were agile and we were, you know, there was something new happening that we had to respond to. And, and, and you know, that, and, and that was kind of like, you know, a virus that we were kind of getting our head around. But the Spirit of God's not like a virus. <laughs> and, but in many ways, He's calling us to this agility. To not come back and just let's just do church again, but to let's be the church that is expressing the kingdom and ready to go wherever he's going and move wherever he's blowing. And we're to be led by the Spirit, it says in, in Romans 8. The sons and daughters are the ones that are led by the Spirit of God. And I want to speak this morning of a... Uh, you know, the first missionaries that were in the Bible, and they were very much a people who, were, who, were, um, who responded initially to the Word of the Lord. 
They responded to the Word of God. And now I want to show you actually how the Spirit of God came into their identity and into their um, into the fulfillment of their missionary call. And, and, you know, we talk about Abraham and Sarah often, and I guess that's, that's a good thing because, man, they're the fathers and mother, I guess, I don't know, of our faith. So it's good to remember what these guys did, but these guys moved as the words of God released to them and as the Spirit gave life, they, were, they became real pioneers in the Bible. And it says this in Genesis 12, 1 to 3. This is my, we're going to kind of, we're talking about faith here in many ways as well. But, you know, faith in the Spirit, there's a collision of faith in the Spirit. The Lord had said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. Wow. Leave everything, Abram. <laughs> I will make you into a great nation. The wind's blowing. And I will bless you, and I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you, and those who curses you I will curse. And all the people on earth will be blessed through you. Abraham is to become something that he isn't. Abraham is to become someone that he's not. Other people outside of Abraham's lineage would be blessed because of who Abram would become. I will bless those who bless you and all people of the earth will be blessed through you. Come on. Isn't that amazing? Just turn to your neighbor and say, man, the Lord's blessing you to be a blessing today. He, you are blessed to be a blessing. And that's how Abraham it was. It was a top line blessing. So bottom line, he could be a blessing. He was blessed. He was highly favored. And today we've got our missional expansion offering, and this is an invitation for us in many ways for our finances to, to grow some legs and become a blessing, to become a blessing in our community and our church and our nation and, and into the nations. And so we get to be a part of this Abrahamic blessing So Abram means, his name Abram alone means exalted father. The irony was that when he was given this name, he was a child. He wasn't, you know, he wasn't a a father at that point. He got married in life and he tried to have some children and he, he, he couldn't have any kids. Yet his name meant exalted father. Every time I can imagine... You know, he's at the petrol station and, and, hey, Abram, hey, exalted father. The irony is he had no children. Reinforcing the fact of he wasn't who he wanted to be. He wasn't who he was named. There was this void in his life where he was like, I just, I don't get it. Why did dad call me Abram? And it would have been a slap in the face every time (laughs) that he was reminded of what he didn't have. And I want to tell someone today that it's not what you don't have that defines you. It's what the Lord says that is defining you. Abram um, was 99 years old. It was something like 25 years after the original 
blessing, uh, commissioning promise to him. He's 99 years old, and the Lord appears to him again, and 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 they still don't have any children. And and Abraham, um, the Lord says to Abram, in in Genesis 17 verse 5, he says, "No longer shall your name be Abram, but your name shall be Abraham, for I have made you the father." of many nations at 99 a father of not one he's a father of none and he's like god you're killing me he had he was now being commissioned by the king not to just be exalted as a father in a worldly sense but but to become the father of a multitude a father of Many nations, and you know, our, and this happened, and there was a name change in this moment, and names are deeply connected to our identity, and, and, and this is a deep identity shift for Abram. And you know, the story, two generations later, Abram's grandson, his name gets changed from deceiver Jacob to Israel, like one who wrestles with God. It's another powerful identity shift there, and it's really interesting when you look at the... Um, the word Abram in Hebrew, that's how you say it. I guess they're missing a few letters or we added a few in, but that's the Hebrew language. And, and so the scholars note, though, that the H is added in. And in the Hebrew language, the H refers to breath or spirit. And, it, and it's, there's a little bit of conjecture around this, but it's largely because the H sounds like a ha or breath coming out of your mouth. And so this represents the, the outward breath of God, which we also understand today and just want to remember in the context of the Pentecostal spirit that we carry the breath of God in our lives. In John 20, 22, Jesus breathed on his disciples and said, receive the Holy Spirit. And that was coming into Pentecost. Psalm 33, verse 6, it says, By the breath of His words, the heavens were made. Also, the, the letter H in Abraham, you know, we're celebrating that. It's the fifth letter in the Hebrew alphabet. And five, as many know, will also, you know, it also represents the number of grace. It's translated into the word grace, the number H. So when, you know, when this H is added into Abram's name to become Abraham, he receives this new name, this new identity shift, and he's receiving a new breath of the Spirit in his life. And he's also receiving the grace of Jesus Christ, essentially, who was, who, who was created before him. So that Abraham could complete every good work that God had prepared in advance for him to do, and that's what grace does for each one of us. It enables our life. And you know, it's one thing to know about God's promises. And we know that, you know, many of us are treasuring the promises of God, but it's another thing to allow the promise, to allow the word of God and the spirit of God to marinate in our lives over the years and to shift our identity into a whole different context of being able to carry it and live 
as a promise giver. This is actually the journey of discipleship here, but the, I want to tell you today that the breath of the Spirit transforms our identity. We are defined by our Father in heaven. Not by what we have or we have not on this earth. And everything can change as our Father in heaven gives to us. Our circumstances can change by what he says to us and what he brings through our lives. We can all have an H you know, added into our name. <laughs> I'd become Glahin, like the father of chickens. Of many chickens. No, that's not my children. So the promise Abram and Sarai were carrying was to, was to release a nation, was to see, to see something so much bigger than what they could do on their own strength. And they just couldn't do it without the breath of God, without the grace of God on their lives. And we could just like view this story as a, as a lovely Old Testament documentary you know, and just be like, you know, here we have Abraham and Sarah in their natural environment, living thousands of years ago. They inherited the blessing by faith. Wasn't that lovely for them? And we could wrap church up today and be like, yeah, let's just remember those old guys and girls and of the old covenant. And, you know, that, that's, that's all good. They're the father of the faith that I have today. But Paul actually brings this story of Abraham and Sarah like powerfully into the, into the new covenant in Romans and in Hebrews. And he's like, no, these guys, these were examples then, but these are people that today we are called to mark our faith by. And, and their example is not just to be observed and remembered, but their story is to be embraced in the context of our personal, physical struggle with faith and the promises of God. And, and Paul wrote of Abraham being the father of all who believe in, in Romans 4.11. And, and it says in Romans 4.18, against all hope. Because this is what we're up against, people. We're believing in a supernatural God that requires supernatural hope, supernatural faith, nothing that we can actually do on our own strength in the physical. And we can, you know, we can transform our minds. You know, we can be renewed with the transforming of our minds. That's, that's important. But it says, against all hope, Abraham in hope believed. And so became the father of many nations, just as, it, as it's been said to him, so shall your offspring be. Against all hope, Abraham, in hope, believed. Come on. Uh, rewind from this moment to 17 years ago now, for me. I was sitting right there. Actually, the stage was on a strange curve. So it's probably over there. Uh, and I was, Chris, it was Chris Diaz's first 
Sunday preaching as the lead pastor here at Thrive. And Maddie, his son, is here, and his mum is here today, and sister. Oh, oh man, that was 15 minutes already. Let's wrap that up. Uh, um, and, and Chris is preaching his first message, and his message is titled, Don't Touch That Dream. I can remember it. Like, how many messages can you remember from 17 years ago? So he preaches, don't touch that dream, and, he, and, he, and the essence of the message is if, if you've got unresolved dreams in your heart, if you've got stuff that you've been disappointed about, disillusioned with, and, and like the dis thing is all over you, then you need to have that reconciled with the Holy Spirit and allow the Father to touch you and, and to touch you in your pain to heal you so that you can actually see the call and the cause in your life realize and I'm and so he does this message and I and he does an altar call moment and I'm sitting there and I'm like you know you do the kind of holy spirit are you speaking to me uh, is this is there anything in my life that's not fulfilled is there any part of me that's and I'm like no, I don't think so and um then sitting in my seat haven't responded holy spirit just goes you've called to lead it you're, you're called to lead a church <laughs> Honestly, for me in that moment was the most mind-blowing experience that I'd ever had because I was just I was the youth guy, I was just happy to serve and just I just honestly I didn't have a grid really a grid for leadership. Chris was like an incredible leader and I was really happy just to follow and serve under his leadership and and I just kind of reconciled myself to this is what is in my life. And it's what I'm called to do. And, and then next minute, I am undone. I am crying. I've got the snots. I've got heat. I've got fire. I've got like, the Lord has just spoken and commissioned me in a moment. And, and he was saying to me in so many ways, you know, you may be not like Chris or Lynn or anyone like that, but you're called to be you and to carry yourself with my spirit. You're not too young, you're not too old, you're not too stuck, you're not too whatever, you're not too dumb. That was a big one for me. You could stand up in front and talk with a microphone. All the, all the reasons why I just kind of like said, there's no way I could even look at that dream. I wouldn't even think of it as a dream. Except when I was 18 years old and I watched Ivan Button and Rangiora preaching and I felt like the Holy Spirit say, you're called to that. And all that came back to me in a moment. And I was like, oh, Lord. And I remember just sobbing and going over to Lynn. <laughs> Luke, can you pray for me? <laughs> she prayed for me. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about the outworking of that actually next week. And, but, you know, everything changed when he put the H in my name. He put the breath of his presence in my life and those words that he spoke redefined who I thought I was. That's it. Who do you think you are? Who do you think you are with the Spirit of God now? And there's every chance that some of you don't have any idea. And it's not necessarily your fault <laughs> either. But I want to push on something here today. Because the Spirit of God wants to lift our lids. He so wants to lift the lid of this church. He wants to lift the lid of your identity. 
of your call and of the box that some of you have put yourself in. And you can't do it by yourself. Absolutely, you can't do it. No, I can't do that. No, you can't. You can't do that on your own strength. But with the H in your name, with the Holy Spirit in your name, you can do all things with Christ who strengthens you. I want to just have the band up. I, I want to read the second half of a scripture I read three weeks back. And it's a prophetic picture of the Valley of the Dry Bones. And the Spirit of God is speaking to Ezekiel in a vision. And he's, he's commanded Ezekiel to speak and it says this, So I spoke these words just as he told me. Suddenly as I spoke, there was a rattling noise all across the valley. Then as I watched, muscles and flesh forms over the bones, then skin formed to cover their bodies, but they still had no breath in them. Then he said to me, Speak to the winds and say, This is what the Sovereign Lord says. Just make this your prayer in this moment. Come, O breath, from the four winds. Breathe into these dead bodies so that they may live again. So I spoke as he commanded me and the wind entered the bodies and they began to breathe and they all came to life and stood up on their feet, a great army of them. They all came to life, a great army of them. I kind of see that four-dimensional love in there again as well, the four winds. Breathe, Holy Spirit. Breathe, Holy Spirit, on our lives. Breathe on our families. Breathe on our dreams. Breathe on those places that it feels like against all hope. Abraham believed in hope. We, we just ask for your breath this morning, Holy Spirit. We want to make room for you to do and say whatever you want to. Just wonder if we just stand just now in this moment. You know, it's actually impossible to live the Christian life without the power of the Holy Ghost. It's just it's just impossible. Just one, just right now, just for a moment, just lift your hands. Let's just lift our hands to the Lord. And just receive His presence. Just receive His presence.
And I just pray, oh breath, from the four winds, Holy Spirit, that you would breathe this morning into everyone's hearts, that you would breathe into everyone's minds, We receive. Just just say, I receive you, Holy Spirit.